Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Ukrainians celebrate a huge victory as Russian forces retreat from the occupied city of Kherson in what the Kremlin has been calling the most glorious and effective reverse advance of the special military operations so far. In the US midterm elections, a predicted red wave fails to materialise, presumably because there's been very little flow of anything red since Americans were all forced to keep their unwanted pregnancies. Gavin Williamson resigns from Rishi Sunak's cabinet, insisting that he is going to clear his name over allegations of bullying by finding the snivelling little pussies who ran to mummy and giving them all a Chinese burn until they shut up. And finally, thousands of Teslas are recalled over power steering issues as the electric vehicles follow Elon Musk's model of pretending to drive in the middle of the road before suddenly lurching to the right and catastrophically breaking down. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore and you're listening to another episode of IC News, the very best multiversal cable news show in all of reality. No, we haven't got the spectacle of a health secretary who is responsible for tens of thousands of excess deaths choking down on a camel's penis, but really, who can compete with that? What we've got instead is the week's hottest news, popped right up the bumhole of satire and crushed under the pressure of the highly trained pelvic floor of opinion. Was that biologically accurate? Probably not. Here in this country, we've had quite enough of experts. It's a similar picture over in America, who this week rejected common sense all over the shop and elected some rather interesting characters to Congress. That's not to say it was all bad for President Biden, however. The US midterms normally spell disaster for the incumbent, with whoever the president happens to be generally losing control of the House of Representatives and or the Senate, and therefore also losing a great deal of their party's ability to push through legislation. Many analysts were expecting a total rout of the Democrats' fortunes, given President Biden's low approval ratings and concerns over the American economy. But that was before the Supreme Court decided to make abortion the single biggest issue on the ballot for many voters. Couple that with the decidedly ropey quality of some of the candidates endorsed by the former President Trump, and the results for Biden and the Democrats were far more positive than many had feared. As the results currently stand, they will probably lose control of the House of Representatives, but with a far tighter margin than expected, and control of the Senate hangs on a knife edge currently tipping in the Democrats' favour. There was little sign of the so-called red wave many Republicans had hoped for, and that saw Biden striking an upbeat tone as he addressed the nation on Wednesday. However, it wasn't the speech he had initially been planning to make, as our exclusive leaked audio from a rehearsal in the White House press room reveals. My fellow Americans, I speak to you today at a pivotal moment for our democracy. While the results of many of our midterm elections are still coming in, what's clear is that you have come out in your millions to make your voices heard. 
Our democracy is a great and wonderful thing. It must be nurtured and protected. Our rights must be nurtured and protected. And yesterday, you took to the ballot box to defend those rights against those who would strip them from you. Your right to vote in free and fair elections. Your right to be heard. Your right to be the keepers of your own bodies. How's that for a start? Pretty good stuff, right? It's pretty solid, sir. It keeps abortion front and center, and that's great. But I think we should also really focus on hammering home the risks to democracy stuff. Oh, I think they've been hammered home pretty darn hard recently, don't you? Oh, God, sorry, that was a pretty poor choice of words, wasn't it? Ah, don't sweat it. I say the wrong thing all the time. (laughs) And forget where I am in the middle of a sentence. And just sort of... We have our ways of... Well, anyway. Are you, uh, okay, Mr. President? I've never felt better, Mark. And I'm nearly 80 years old. Shall we continue? Please do, sir. Where am I? You're in the White House press room, Mr. President. I mean in the speech, you dumbass. Jesus, I'm not that old. Oh, right. Um, You were on Keepers of Your Own Bodies. Okay, here we go. America, I'm here today to tell you that I am proud to represent you as your president. And I am proud that in these midterms you did not give in to fear and paranoia. Many of our political opponents and doubters in the media warned us that these midterms would see a red wave sweep my agenda off the table. Well, that hasn't happened. Our great endeavor moves on. We will continue to create jobs and make progress on inflation. We will continue to fight for our democracy. We will continue to move America towards a greener, safer future. And we will continue to stand up against the evils of tyrants like Putin. There are still many great things I look forward to doing with the help of our Republican friends across the aisle. That's great, sir. Keep that hope of bipartisanship alive and appeal to the moderates. But we must not look away and bury our heads in the sand when it comes to the threats of our democracy. Election deniers and peddlers of falsehoods are still, to this day, spreading the big lie that our great democracy is a sham. Many of them have, this week, even been elected to Congress or the Senate. Threats of political violence and voter intimidation are shameful clouds that hang heavy over our system. No free American should ever be denied their vote, no matter which party it's for. No American should ever face intimidation at the ballot box. No election official should ever face threats of violence. We do our democracy no favors by shying away from these hard truths. This is all great stuff, sir. I want to be a president for all of America, but there are people out there who saw the violence of January 6th and thought to themselves, this is how we do things in America. They saw a violent attack on the heart of our democracy, inspired and egged on by a man who has put his own wounded pride and ego above loyalty to our Constitution. They saw that attack and they called it justified. All in service of a shameful lie from a man who cannot accept the free and fair will of the American people. They to this day, denied the results of the election that saw him defeated. 
To those people, I say this. Come on, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Mr. President. I'm serious. You want Dark Brandon? You got Dark Brandon. You people are fucking morons. Why do you think I reckon I'm the best president in history? I know I'm not. Hell, before my son Bo died, I wasn't even the best president in the Bidens. But I'm here, and I'm trying, rather than crying like a fucking baby over my big pile of stolen documents and begging you all for donations. Donations that go straight to paying for his lawyers, by the way, you dumb fucking marks. Sir, I think we're going off piste a little. And who does he fucking back for you? Who does he try and get elected to Congress? The best and brightest? Fuck no. Shills and jackasses like Dr. Oz and that guy in Georgia who's paid for more abortions than most Planned Parenthood clinics. He puts up clowns because clowns are the only ones who'll back his stolen election bullshit and you fucking idiots lap it up. Thank Christ there are still enough sane people out there to keep at least some of these assholes out of power. Hi, April. It's Mark here. Is the president's nurse available? Yeah, as soon as possible, please. You want to come at Joe Biden? Come at him for the goddamn truth. I'm an out-of-touch, geriatric old bastard who's pretty much a slave to the corporations, the military-industrial complex, and the neoliberal status quo. I offer nothing radical, nothing truly progressive, and nothing that will make a damn bit of difference to most Americans. Do you come at me for any of that? No. You call me a far-left socialist, as if spending your tax dollars on actually building shit is communism. If I was a fucking socialist, don't you think you'd have seen something happen by now, you goddamn wingnuts? Nurse! Nurse! I mean, fucking hell, America, come on! I know we love ourselves, but are your egos so far out of control that you really think you have anything in common with the billionaire assholes who run this country? Let alone a fucking lunatic like Trump. He wouldn't pay a Russian prostitute to cross the street to piss on any of you if you were on fire. And do you think any of this hateful bullshit you're now peddling is any way Christian? Get your shit together, you set of fucking morons. Jesus never tased a fucking cop or caved an old man's skull in with a hammer. So, for your patriotism and for getting out there and casting your vote, I'd like to thank each and every one of you. I'm President Biden, and God bless America. Mr. President, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Why do you ask? Do you have any idea what you just said? Of course I do. I talked about our great candidates and my hope for a brighter future. And just sort of... Well, the thing is, here in America, the flag isn't just a piece of fabric and... Well, anyway... Oh, look, it's Squirrel. Hey, little guy. I'm President Biden. Jesus Christ, we really need to sort his medication out before 2024. It seems to be remarkably easy to lose your temper in politics, and even easier to get away with it until there are so many accusations against you that your position becomes utterly untenable. That was the case for everyone's least favourite weirdo, Gavin Williamson, this week, as he resigned from Rishi Sunak's cabinet after a new raft of allegations surfaced against him. The question of his team's conduct is rapidly becoming somewhat of a headache for the Prime Minister. His Justice Secretary, Dominic Raab, has now also been accused of inappropriate conduct, including angrily throwing tomatoes around a room, presumably in an attempt to make the world's most furious caprice salad. But what exactly has been going on with Sunak's embarrassing dependence on bullies and blowhards? Alison June-Smith has been to the circus to find out. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, roll up, roll up, and take your seats for the never-ending circus that is the conservative party. Who will be the first to tumble? Who will find themselves fired out of a cannon by the new prime minister? Each and every week, they'll either bring you an exciting new sacking or an embarrassing resignation. It's the shit show that just never ends. So take your seats and grab your popcorn, because these clowns just don't quit. Unless, of course, the clown you're talking about happens to be named Gavin Williamson. We almost went a full two weeks without a single cabinet minister falling by the wayside. But... Now Rishi Sunak has finally popped his cherry and has his very first resignation to call his own. And not before time, too, the nervous little guy looked about ready to burst. Suella Braverman has been edging him for days, and poor Rishi just didn't look like he had any clue how to actually bust a nut and pull the trigger on her. So step up good old Gavin Williamson who at this point has been fired so many times that he's basically a professional. And really, if you were a shy young prime minister, who would you rather lose from the cabinet for your first time? An inexperienced rookie who's only quit after breaking the ministerial code once? Or an absolute slut like Williamson, who's written his resignation letter so many times that he works the shaft of the pen like he's milking it? Now, you might think that what Gavin Williamson did should have been an instantly sackable offense, particularly when he's not actually denied using the precise language he's been accused of using. But not for Rishi Sunak, who's rapidly proving himself to have as much backbone as your average flatworm. For a weird minute there, we had a cabinet minister who did deny bullying, but didn't deny telling a senior civil servant to and I quote, slit your throat. Personally, I've not worked in that many offices, but I can't remember too many occasions where my boss told me to kill myself and everyone laughed it off as a bit of harmless banter. From the moment his angry texts to Wendy Morton were leaked, Williamson has been hit by more and more accusations of bullying behavior. For his entire political career, he's been a man who's clearly desperate for people to fear him. I mean, for fuck's sakes, the dude kept a tarantula on his desk. And he talks in that weird, reedy whisper that you normally only hear from the worst pedophile in a series finale of Law and Order. He's like a cartoon villain living in the body of an embarrassing dork who can't laugh or smile without every vagina within 50 feet of him slamming shut. Which is why it's all the more remarkable that a repeated failure like Williamson has kept resurfacing. Once you've been accused of leaking information from the National Security Council and have failed so badly as education secretary that you nearly fucked the prospects of an entire generation, you should really be banished to the backbenches for life. But the guy has ended up becoming a lord and got welcomed back to the cabinet again by Rishi Sunak, who reportedly even wanted to reinstate him as the chief whip at first. 
The Tory party clearly thinks Williamson is some kind of genius Malcolm Tucker figure who can keep the party in line. And doesn't that just tell you everything? This isn't the thick of it, and it certainly isn't House of Cards, although Westminster does feature a similar number of sex offenders as leading men. Williamson isn't, and has never been, any kind of genius political maverick. He's a whining, entitled little bitch who wanted to feel important by getting an invite to the Queen's funeral. When he couldn't get one, he blamed, swore at, and threatened a woman who he decided was standing in his way. This is what Tory MPs get cross about, people. Not the cost of living crisis or their own disastrous failures in managing the economy, but their own inflated senses of self-importance. We are dealing with spoiled babies throwing tantrums and nasty, abusive man-children here. And those are the type of people our new prime minister thinks are essential for maintaining party discipline. Clearly, I am not the only woman who has zero faith in the Tory party's willingness to punish toxic, bullying behavior. Wendy Morton has now escalated her complaint against Williamson to the independent parliamentary watchdog, with some sources claiming she fears a whitewash from the party itself. Sunak may present like a decent, civilized sort of guy, but he's already proven himself willing to overlook racist dog whistles from his home secretary and outright abuse from his allies. And that is not the strong, competent government he's pretending to lead. It's the mark of a piss-weak leader with so little authority that he's desperate to cling on to some very nasty allies. I mean, Christ, is it really that hard to treat the people you work with on a daily basis with a baseline level of humanity and respect? I'm Allison June Smith, and I didn't even threaten to kill the intern that fucked up my coffee order this morning. Reporting for IC News. We now move from boiling tempers to a boiling planet and shift our focus once again to the climate crisis. This week, world leaders, and for some reason Boris Johnson, gathered in Egypt for COP27 and attempted to hammer out the finances of keeping the rise of global temperatures to the 1.5 degrees that will hopefully avert complete disaster. There were more stark warnings about just how badly many major economies are failing to rise to the challenge, and it's that complete inaction that has so infuriated many climate activists. Here in the UK, Just Stop Oil have been attempting to draw attention to the issue for weeks, with protests that have become more and more drastic and disruptive. They've ground the M25 to even more of a standstill than usual, and vandalised priceless artworks. And this week saw two lorries crash and a policeman injured as a result of the protests. Danny Sutcliffe has spent the last few days deep undercover with the Just Stop Oil movement, and he joins us on the line today to share what he's learned. I'll tell you what I've learned, Sam, that you're a bad swat. When I see you next, I'm punching you straight in the face. What have I told you a thousand times? I fucking hate hippies. Well, to be honest, Danny, I was kind of hoping you'd put aside your Cartman-esque petulance and prejudices for once and engage with the subject matter. Engage? Engage? I'm super glued to a fucking gantry on the M25 here, you knobhead. I've been shot on by a pigeon and these truckers keep throwing coke bottles filled with piss at me. I feel like Daphne and Celeste. Ah, <laughs> you're going to have to do better than that, dickhead. 
It actually sounds like you um, got stuck right into this assignment, Danny. Is that supposed to be funny? God, you're a prick. It's Baltic up here, and these orange ivies best do fucking nothing to keep the wind off you. I've got chafed nipples, and I am not in the mood. <laughs> what were you thinking? I never actually expected you to get directly involved in the physical protests, Danny. Frankly, I'm amazed you've even come close to that level of commitment. I am a professional, Sam. So even though I might not agree with some of Just Stop Oil's methods, I'm here to fulfil my duties as a proper journalist. Oh, I get it. You just couldn't resist the industrial strength glue, could you? It's very potent, Sam. But I've got to tell you, now that it's dried and I'm stuck and the head rush has worn off, this is no fun at all. Uh, no, fuck you, Eddie Stobart! I don't think it's supposed to be fun, Danny. Nobody in Just Stop Oil is doing this for the laughs. These are people who are genuinely terrified that we are accelerating towards a dying planet and doing nowhere near enough to avert it. And to be fair to them, they're not fucking wrong. I'm not daft, you prick. I know all that. It's just the way they're going about it I don't agree with. Well, what methods would you recommend, Danny? We've spent decades running down the clock on climate action with peaceful protests and targeted action, and we are still hopelessly off-target from preventing a global climate disaster. Well, why can't they target the big polluters? Or the politicians? Rather than the hard-working, everyday truckers who keep throwing piss at me! They have, Danny. Climate activists have been holding precisely those kinds of protests for decades, but they get no media coverage and have no impact. Governments and corporations have displayed complete indifference to non-disruptive methods in the past, and someone has to make enough noise for the argument to actually be heard. Oh, I'm hearing it all right, Sam. And it sounds like a motorway full of angry southerners who want my fucking nads on a platter. Then you should have some appreciation of the risks these people are willing to put themselves through, Danny. While it might be understandably infuriating to get caught up in one of these protests, these people are risking their safety and their liberty in order to force an uncooperative government to the table. Just Stop Oil aren't blocking roads and vandalising artworks as a shortcut to achieving their goals. They're doing it because the media coverage of the climate crisis just isn't accurately representing the scale of the disaster we're facing. And these protesters, whether you agree with them or not, genuinely feel there is no other route left to force both the public and our politicians to pay attention to the danger. But why is it always hippies, Sam? Why does it always have to be hippies? It won't be for long, Danny. The fact is that these protests are a nuisance now as a means of trying to avert complete disaster and societal breakdown later. Motorway blockades and a bit of chuck soup would be nothing compared to the disruption when tens of millions of people are displaced by extreme drought or rising sea levels. Oh, well, it's all right for you in your nice warm studio, you middle-class metropolitan elite. What about the rising piss levels? I'm getting fucking drenched in. Oh, for fuck's sake! It's in me air! <laughs> Are you fucking laughing? I'm sorry, Danny, but it is quite funny. Oh, you know what? I think that one was actual coke. <laughs> oh, now I'm all sticky! <laughs> Aren't you literally glued to a gantry? I'd say you were already sticky. Oh, you're fucking loving this, aren't you? My suffering is actively entertaining you. I'm just surprised you haven't turned up here to poke me in the ribs with a spear. You can't actually be comparing yourself to Jesus Christ. He and I aren't that different, Sam. For a start, when I roll the boulder away from my prison cell in three days' time, there's going to be a fucking reckoning. 
I'm marching straight down there to bitch-slap you into next week. You haven't read that much of the Bible, have you, Danny? No, but I've seen Pulp Fiction. And when I get down from here, you are fucked. I'm Danny Sutcliffe. And there's no way Just Stop Oil are just in this for the banging glue. Reporting for IC News. As we leave Danny to unstick himself, we too must now detach ourselves from the glorious chemical bond of your attention, as we've reached the end of our broadcast. IC News will return with a brand new episode at the usual time next week, but until then, we leave you now with the headlines you may have missed. A man is banned for life from the Royal Opera House after heckling a 12-year-old singer and calling them rubbish, as he acted out the fantasy that every parent has had while sitting through their child's nativity performance. Matt Hancock says he entered the I'm a Celebrity jungle in search of forgiveness, with the fact it happens to be 9,500 miles away from the UK's COVID inquiry being purely coincidental. The former president of FIFA, Sepp Blatter, admits that awarding the World Cup to Qatar was a mistake, in the sense that they didn't bung him enough bribe money to keep his mouth shut about it for life. And finally, thousands of people scramble to get their hands on Peter Kay tickets, as the legendary comic announces a new tour. Punters can look forward to Kay's trademark hilarious and nostalgic stand-up, this time reminiscing about the mad old days when your northern mum could actually afford to put the immersion heater on in the first place. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you, and goodbye. me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind odd bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger me. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar.